0: This is Doug Scheiding, the rogue cookers Texas Embedded Correspondent You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show
1: Start the game! Let's go!
0: We'll do it live Okay. Well, do it live! I can, I'll can. write it and we'll do it live So to get that perfect barbecue You use wood Are you
2: sure you say? Whatever
0: We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match And... Oh, should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea
2: Really big Barbecue Central show. This is a show that talks about all things that are important to the world of barbecue and grilling, originating from the rock and roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you right here as we enjoy 120 minutes of live fire cooking and shenanigans and tomfoolery. If you want to jump in on the show tonight... Through a phone call or email, happy to have you do that. You can
1: get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at Show.com. On the Twitter and Instagram, at BBQ at bbqcentralshow.
2: Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening. Coming up in about 12 minutes from now. Last Wednesday, we did the live reveal of the class that makes up the 2020 Barbecue Hall of Fame as the American Royal sees it. And the first hour is, quite frankly, jam-packed with brand-new Barbecue Hall of Famers. Joining me first out of the gate, the co-owner slash founder of Franklin Barbecue, widely considered to be the staple of Texas barbecue and has been for any number of years. Texas monthly has rated them number one, number two on their top 50 list. That list pretty much is where you want to be. If you're a Texas barbecue restaurant and Aaron is certainly the name that everybody thinks of that everybody wants to hang out with. It's the place they want to go when they are visiting Austin specifically, or if they are going to be around the Austin area They want to make sure that they hit it up. They'll take their lawn chairs. They know there's going to be the wait. The whole thing that goes along with Franklin Barbecue. He is a successful author. He's got some other restaurant interests. So we will see what it's like for the most current Barbecue Hall of Famer, Aaron Franklin. And all of the spoils that may or may not come along with that title and enshrinement. So looking forward to getting him. And live on the show, I might add. We tried to grab him. Wednesday, right after his name, along with the two others uh, that were announced. I'll get to that here in a second. But he was in Lowe's buying electrical stuff, and that was way more important than getting first reaction on Hall of Fame stuff. But we'll do it right here in about 11 minutes. Then we'll move to 35 past the hour. We will keep up with the Hall of Fame talk as we catch up with a staple of Memphis barbecue. As I had stated last week and weeks earlier, when you think of Memphis barbecue, you think of dry rubs, you think of wet ribs, you think of Rendezvous and Charlie Virgos, and you also think of Cozy Corner, I'll be joined by two-thirds now of the class of 2020. Aaron Franklin being the first. Desiree Robinson will join me 35 past another Hall of Famer here in 2020, all that's left for me is to hook up a Joe Don Davidson from Oklahoma Joe. Hopefully, we'll do that here in the next week or so, and then we will quickly have gotten through the class of 2020, but that's the reach of this show. So, I'm very excited, very humbled, very honored to be joined by Desiree. She is still, through many different articles, uh, working part-time. But, Great story. Certainly well deserved to be in this Hall of Fame. I don't think they're. When we voted last week, she was one of the two that made it unanimously in the Embedded Correspondence Hall of Fame picks. I wouldn't be surprised if she was 100% picked by everybody. Beloved, again, a staple. When you think of Memphis style barbecue, you think of Cozy Corner, you think of that aquarium smoker, you think of the Cornish game hen. And I want to get that story most of all. So, very looking forward to this first hour. A Hall of Fame first hour, if I haven't said it already. I know I have. Then we'll move to the second hour. Now, traditionally, you would find two first Tuesday of the month regular guests. That being Malcolm Reed in the first hour, but he's unavailable. You would also find a first Tuesday of the month in the second hour, Sam the Cooking Guy. He is unavailable. My go-to... Regular guests in week one of a month. Roundly unavailable. Luckily, I am always well prepared. That is the motto of the show. Be over prepared. If you're over prepared and things go the way you planned. Oh, who cares? You have plenty of stuff to get to when things go off the rails. Well, today... And over the last week, things went off the rails a little bit. Luckily, I have a stockpile of crazy good entertainment, not the least of which is the unveiling of the Barbecue Central show American Idol winner. That's right. It all culminates this evening at 1014. Will your humble host be taking away the American Idol Barbecue Central Show crown, or will it be Jeff Rice? From Wisconsin, who knows? We'll see. Coming up in about an hour and eight minutes from now, we will be joined in studio by the expert panel of judges. They've been with us here through the last three months as we play it out. And we will also have Jeff Rice on the line and learn live right here who is the first ever American Idol Barbecue Central Show edition champion. And then we also decide if we ever want to have a season two. That's up for debate. Closing out the show this evening, 35 past. He has his own food and racing show and sports show over on the big-ass blowtorch in the windy city of Chicago, WGN 720. Second timer here to this show. He hosts On the Road with Dane. Dane Neal will be joining us. We're going to be talking about the Barbecue Fight Club. It's a pay-per-view barbecue contest taking place next Monday and Tuesday in a undetermined location that is triple top secret, so top secret, I use the old, hey, I'm a media guy, you're a media guy, Dane, just give it to me and I will maintain my source. Total confidence. And I was rebuffed, roundly rebuffed. We'll see if we can't dig it out of him during the course of the interview, but we'll be talking Barbecue Fight Club and what it's all about. Big show planned for you. Hall of Fame first hour might be a Hall of Fame content second hour. More importantly, are you following me socially at BBQ Central Show on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Snapchat, slash BBQ Central Show on Facebook, where there's also a live video feed right off the rip? And this is basically going to deaf ears on the YouTube side because YouTube folks are feverishly refreshing and refreshing. Where's the feed? Where's the feed? Bad news. No YouTube feed going forward. Why? Well, it's all return on investment. If I'm going to invest the bandwidth up to YouTube while I'm also streaming to Facebook, it would behoove me to then garner at least somewhere in the neighborhood of eyeballs and views and reach that I get on the Facebook side. And for months on end, it just hasn't been the case. So, why am I going to continue to trot out that loser when I can save the bandwidth for a better guest experience and connection? And then, after this show is done, a tomorrow, but maybe the next day, maybe the day after that, I'll get to uploading this show in its entirety to the YouTube channel. And we'll continue to get its crappy 200 views. Who cares? The Wednesday reveal on the Facebook for the 2020 Barbecue Hall of Fame in the middle of the day had a thousand views by the time we closed up shop 15 minutes later. And it's only gained steam from there. So I'm going to conserve the – until YouTube proves otherwise, which I don't know how it's going to do that unless I trot out a stream one time just to see, I'm not going to get to it. I'm not going to put my bandwidth for YouTube to grab. I'll save it for my guests. I'll save it for the Facebook folks, folks, folks. I'll save it for the audio stream only folks, which you can do on your phone if you visit my website, listen to the audio only stream, punch that. And after you suffer through an ad, through TuneIn, you can get it just like any other app that you would get a live stream on. I would suggest that is the funnest way to hear the show. No looking, only listening. Super fun. Oh my God, I'm so excited to tell you about this. Brand new sponsor of the show announcement. And somebody you know and love in the pit building business, Pits and Spits. They've been on the show since... 1983, they've been handcrafting smokers and grills in Houston, Texas, and in that time established itself as one of the premier brands in high quality offset smokers and more recently pellet cookers. They've set themselves apart by using heavy 7 and 10 gauge steel in every cooker, fully welded construction that you can feel when you use the unit, and a 304 stainless roll top lid and front shelf on every single smoker. So, why does it matter? Well, by using higher quality materials, pits and spits smokers smokers reach and maintain temperatures, allowing you to worry more about the meat than the heat, providing fully welded smoke. You don't have to worry about grease or smoke leaking out of the barrel or about the grill rattling apart as you move it through the backyard, and you're going to do that at some point. And by using 304 stainless steel, you're getting an heirloom quality product that you'll be able to pass down to your kids and maybe their kids to their kids. Where some companies focus on being the low-cost provider, Pits and Spits focuses on craftsmanship, using high-quality materials. Are there cheaper ways to do this? Sure. But they don't like tack welds, cheap stainless and electronics that you can't trust. Having in-house manufacturing gives them complete control of the design and standards, that's not something you'll find with other products that are brought in from overseas. They're steel suppliers, supply materials to be used in some of the harshest environments, so they'll perform in any conditions, especially here in Cleveland. And the controllers are made right here in the USA, so full, unimpeded transparency of their programming. Look, Pits and Spits has a dealer network across the country, but if there isn't one near you, give them a call at the shop, 844 844- 6506250 that's 8446506250 whether you're a backyard grill master looking to cook steaks for the fam or a competition team looking to smoke 50 racks of ribs pits and spits has a product for you you can check them out at pits and spits that's p i t t s a n d s p i t t s pits and spits spelled out Or see their pits in the wild across all social media with their handle at pitsandspits, and and is spelled out again, A-N-D. Pits and Spits. Brand new sponsor. Come on, guys. So excited to have these guys on here over the next handful of months. Maybe even longer. You in the market for a pit, an offset, a new pellet cooker that's high end? Pits and Spits. Check them out. Let's go. Aaron Franklin out of the break. Stick around.
1: Casting live from the Barbecue Central Show studios in Cleveland, Ohio, you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey.
2: Hey, this portion of the show being brought to you by Butcher Barbecue, makers of award-winning injections, marinades, rubs, seasonings, barbecue sauces, grilling oils. All the Butcher BBQ products have been tested on the competition circuit as well as backyards worldwide. Be the pitmaster of your neighborhood and visit ButcherBBQ.com to stock up now. Always trust your butcher. My first guest tonight, easily one of the most popular names in the barbecue industry in the past. You've seen him judge on barbecue Pitmasters as a barbecue Masterclass over on the Masterclass website. Shot a barbecue show for PBS, has a great YouTube channel, also happens to run the joint in Texas that's been voted as Best Barbecue in Texas. Tonight we can add Barbecue Hall of Famer to the list as well. We race to the hotline. And welcome back friend of the show, Aaron Franklin. Hey, Aaron.
0: Hey, how we going?
2: Uh, we are absolutely fabulous here in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame City. Excited to catch up with you and chat a little bit of barbecue. We'll get into the Hall of Fame stuff here in a second, but let's start here. I think it's fair to say that your name and the restaurant have become the face of what Texas-style barbecue is by and large. Certainly, there's a number of great restaurants out there in the great state of Texas. We're not questioning that. But let me ask you, do you think if you had started in some other city, Kansas City or Cleveland or who knows where, that you would have seen the same success and popularity that you are currently experiencing at Franklin and Austin? Um,
0: you know, it's kind of hard to say. I mean, I think it's, it's not really so much about the barbecue scene, um, you know, that's down here in Texas versus the barbecue scenes that that are up in, in other parts of the country. Um, I think it's more about the community in Austin that's kind of, you know, allowed us to, to do what we do and, and prosper and, and gave us a lot of support along the way. So maybe, maybe, maybe it could. I don't know. It, it, it's really hard to say.
2: Do you think you could make a successful Cleveland-style barbecue if you had to?
0: You know, i got to be honest. I don't really know what Cleveland-style
2: barbecue is. <laughs> well, just a lob a phone call to the Iron Chef, Michael Simon. He's making a run of it here in uh, East 4th Street right downtown with a Cleveland-style bar. I mean, it looks a hell of a lot like Texas-style barbecue, but I believe there are some key Cleveland ingredients like a gray ballpark mustard and a... Uh, Lawson's chip dip that's served with those uh, pork cracklings. So he's, you know, sprinkling a little bit of Cleveland perhaps on a Texas based barbecue menu.
0: Hey, man, I'll take it. I I haven't been to Cleveland in in decades. Uh, It sounds delicious.
2: Next time you're in town, I'll take you my treat, or maybe we can just bill it back to the Iron Chef. I'm sure he's happy to take care of it. We're talking with Aaron Franklin from Franklin Barbecue. Aaron, mid March saw the world change for many businesses as we learned how to navigate through coronavirus. So how did that affect you guys initially? And how have you been able to evolve or pivot during this particular time?
0: Um, you know, we, we switched to curbside a couple of days before the city of Austin uh, made all the restaurants switch to curbside or to-go. Um, and thank goodness, you know, barbecue is kind of a to-go sort of food anyway. Um, so we didn't really have to regear too much at our restaurant, but we did have to write new software, um, for the ordering and the website and change a bunch of stuff. And it took us a couple of weeks to get used to it, but we're still, still hunkered down doing it. Not quite ready to let 700 people through 800 square foot dining room yet.
2: So how do you navigate when that particular hurdle gets jumped? Is that more of a listen to what the healthcare people are saying and, and what you're local government is saying, or is that more of a feel for you and your wife and the rest of the crew over at Franklin?
0: Well, I think like a good piece of barbecue, it, it's going to be by feel. <laughs> um, you know, I think we're, uh, it, it really has so much to do with the comfort level of everybody that works at the restaurant, um, the comfort level of our guests and stuff. And, you know, I, I don't, I don't know if you've been through Franklin, uh, but it's pretty tight. There's, we, we pack them in pretty good um so it would kind of change things it, it would definitely feel strange um so i think we're just going to hold out until until it feels like pretty much back to normal and, and we'll just kind of see what happens um i'd imagine we do the curbside for another month or two but really i mean i, I think it, it's definitely going to come down to when stacy and i feel feel comfortable doing it
2: i was talking to my best friend daniel vaughn the other night and he was asking hey, I know that guy yeah everybody knows that guy he's a great uh barbecue writer he was asking me, because he's originally a Buckeye from uh, Worcester, Ohio area, um, and said, hey, what's the feel of Cleveland like? And I said, yeah you know, it's a little uh, tepid to a certain degree. You know, this was a week ago or a little over a week ago where restaurants were starting to open patios. Uh, there was the whole distance stuff. And there wasn't like a slam of people out there. And it felt more like a cautious Cleveland. I said, well, "What's it like down where you're at?" And he's like, "Man, it's like the opposite. People just seem to be throwing caution to the wind, and it was all ganged up." How are you seeing people returning back to uh, whatever this reopen looks like where you're at?
0: Gosh, it, it's really weird. It you kind of drive by, and I haven't you know been to any restaurants. I, I'm not quite up to the task yet. Yeah, uh, we'll wait a couple of weeks, see how it goes. Um, but you know, you can go to some restaurants. You know, like the ones out by the lake and, you know, there's 500 people hanging out out there and they don't have masks on and they're, you know, whizzing around on boats and stuff. And then you go to kind of like a a place, maybe more urban, uh, which I guess kind of fits the demographic anyway. Um, You know, and people are far more reserved. So there's a lot of restaurants that have opened up around here that really, you know, nobody, you know, it's pretty spread out. Um, So I guess around here, it kind of just depends on where you go. We've got a little bit of everything. Um, So I think it's kind of a mixed bag.
2: Last night, I was talking to a guy that owns a barbecue restaurant in San Diego, and I was asking him how he was approaching whatever a reopen looked like over there. And he said, you know what? We have been able to pivot so well and do so good at social media and digital hospitality, as he calls it, to the point where he's actually putting off Returning to some semblance of normality because he's actually raking really well right now. Is that a is that a task or a mindset that a lot of restaurants should have going forward? So if this ever uh, represents itself again, they'll be ready to make that move.
0: Well, I think it's a good thing to keep in the back of your mind. I mean, we don't. There's no vaccine for this thing. Um, There, you know, it's very possible that there could be. You know, another round. You know, come winter time, there could be another round next year. We don't really know. Um, And the thing is, as you know, we don't really seem to have reliable data for anything because it hasn't gone going on for very long. So there's really no there's no way to really have foresight to what's going to happen. So I think, I know for us, uh, we're certainly thinking about not necessarily keeping it going with the curbside for a real long time. But if things did change again in the future, now we kind of have a you know, a platform for ourselves to use. We've kind of built the infrastructure out So, Yeah, I think it's a great thing to keep in the back of you. Possibly, a, you know, one of your bag of tricks.
2: Aaron Franklin joining me here on the show, franklinbarbecue.com, the website, of course. All right, Aaron, so let's talk about it. Uh, Wednesday this past week, exclusively here on the Barbecue Central Show, we had Emily Park from the American Royal Association and they did their unveiling of the class of 2020 for the Barbecue Hall of Fame. Desiree Robinson, who I'll have on next segment, made it in. Uh, Joe Don Davidson, Oklahoma Joe, made it in and rounding out the three is a guy named Aaron Franklin uh, from Franklin Barbecue. So I guess as you learn about getting into the Hall of Fame, some of the uh thoughts and feelings that uh wash over you and i guess where does something like that rank for you
0: um pretty high i guess i uh you know and by the way thanks for texting me and letting me know yeah (laughs) you're welcome (laughs) i had no idea (laughs) um so that was pretty cool i was uh i was kind of excited um you know, I think right now it's it's really actually made a little bit more since everybody's kind of down in the dumps with everything a little bit and it's like, uh, eh, you know, like a business is struggling and we're having a hard time. Like, it's kind of, you know, pretty pretty cool for me. Um, but really, I I think I do a pretty good job of maybe not paying much attention to things like that. I'm always kind of real um, – I'd kind of like to, you know, force gump my way through things. Maybe like, oh, yeah, that's a cool award. Neato. Um, and not not really read into it too much and think about it too much. Uh, but I'm super duper excited about about the Hall of Fame. I think that's way cool. Does
2: does anything speak to where the general visibility of the barbecue Hall of Fame rank amongst the general public? Like if if it's something that you don't think about, or like I'm the first guy that's texting you. It, for me, it seems like the Hall of Fame should be holding uh, something a little bit more uh, weight. And uh, and I'm not saying that you don't think it's a big deal. You've said, obviously, it, it's a very big deal. But I've talked to any number of other people who either, A, didn't know there was a Barbecue Hall of Fame, or B, didn't know the process or how people are selected or, or all this other stuff. Or maybe because it's so new, it's just something that needs to gain uh, <coughs> continual steam. Uh, thoughts on that at all?
0: Um, no, I think it, it, you know, barbecue kind of what, what we all do and granted barbecue is far more in the mainstream now than it's, it's ever been as far as like restaurant barbecue. Um, and it, so is competition barbecue and, but you know, like KCBS and IBCA and all those little, little, you know, pockets, I think they're still maybe not super duper mainstream. Um, so maybe the general public, you know, they don't. Maybe know about these things, uh, but I think within certain circles, but then obviously that's that's what's going on uh, that's what's that's what people are really into um and I certainly have known about this thing for a real long time since the beginning I think it was started five or six years ago
2: or so uh it I mean um, when the American royal took it over, but it, believe it or not, it existed online originally as just some uh, kind of an online presence that uh, remained fairly stagnant uh for for some time uh, you know originally. Founded on good terms, but just didn't really go anywhere until the royal got a hold of it and has now yeah. you know, made it into what it is. Certainly partnering with the show over the last couple of years and releasing names here has really added gas to the proverbial fire. But uh, getting it out there and uh, getting people more aware is only going to increase visibility. Would, would you say that you would show up for the whole ceremony and, and make the speech and all that? Are you looking forward to that?
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um I was actually there the first uh, what was the year that oh gosh, um I was at I was I went to the um I want to say it was the first year that they gave out the the Hall of Fame Award. Um I was actually there at the ceremony with hanging out with some friends. What, um, so yeah, that, I've actually been there before and I would I would love to go back.
2: Was that the year that they put in Guy fietti
0: Yes. Yeah. It was that year.
2: All right, yeah, so that would have been the first year that the American Royal uh, took it over. Um, okay. So you'll be there. You'll be you'll be making the speech. It'll be great. Uh, Desiree will be there, obviously, uh, Joe Don Davidson. Uh, so that'll be the class that you're going in for as well. Uh, since you're going to be there, any chance you might take a shot at the American Royal Open?
0: Um, you know, <laughs> I've, I've never cooked on the dark side before. <laughs>
2: Well, it's so not even there, not anymore. there anymore. It's at Maybe the racetrack now, so you know, it's either um, all the dark side oh, or gosh. all the uh, the good side, I guess.
0: Well, okay, I, I'd much rather be on the good side. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess that dates how long it's been since I've cooked out there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, th- I don't know that I would pull a trailer and all that stuff up there. Uh, we'll have to see what the schedule looks like.
2: Aaron Franklin joining me here on the show talking about his induction into the 2020 Barbecue Hall of Fame. Uh, Some of the other things that you're having interest in, I remember talking to you the last time about pit building. And I think at that point, we're just kind of getting maybe a website together and some concepts, uh, maybe a team of welders. How is that particular venture going? Are they for sale and available? What's going on?
0: Yeah, We actually are just about to start calling the first people on the list. Uh, we, we did actually build a website. We've been producing. Um, we have an active production line right now. So we built, I mean, we, what we ended up building just to keep up with the demand before we actually even built anything uh, is pretty much looks like a, a car manufacturing plant. I mean, it's got like <laughs> robot arms, all these hydraulic things that press things together, and we water jet everything and wow. laser cut everything and they're just beautiful um i'm glad that it kind of took a while because they the, the product really shows for it uh, but yeah hopefully the goal would be to have at least a handful of them starting to trickle out right before july 4th weekend hmm.
2: these are only available online obviously or are there perhaps thoughts of opening up some kind of a dealer network down the road
0: Uh, Not for now. I think we're just going to sell them ourselves through the website. And then, of course, you could get them freighted and we'll have white glove delivery. Uh, You could go to the shipping station and pick it up. And, you know, we've managed to work with a cool freight company out of Austin, um, keeping everything pretty, pretty local around here. Um, And it really, we're able to get them all over the country pretty darn cheap.
2: From a uniqueness standpoint, obviously, it's very cool if you get one in your backyard and you can tell all your barbecue geek buddies that you have a Aaron Franklin-made pit. But what sets itself apart from some of the other <clears throat> pits that are out there?
0: Um, I think the, the size of it is, is pretty neat. You can fit three briskets on there, which I think is a real good size for yeah. backyard. Um, everything's made out of 516. It's all U.S. made steel. It's all made American stuff. I actually have a stamp on it. Um, I mean, this thing should last you 100 years if you treated it right. So yeah. I think alone on just the quality of materials is better than pretty much anything else I've seen. Um, the craftsmanship is amazing. I mean, it, it looks like robots did these well. They're just gorgeous. Um, the design's really good. One thing that I think is pretty cool, and this is kind of, Really what makes Franklin Barbecue, Franklin Barbecue, and it's certainly how I like to cook. Uh, but it's the way the airflow works on these things. They're kinda the back of the door, it has a logo in it, but it also has these little holes that let just the right amount of air so you can't choke off a fire. Hmm. Um, and that's kind of what you know keeps the convection going, all the chaotic airflow and all this stuff, and keeps you with a clean fire. So I think as a result of that airflow, it just inherently tastes better.
2: Are the holes there solidly or do you have some type of a of a cover where you can uh, feather them a little bit more open or a little bit more closed no
0: there is no damper it is Mm -hmm. completely and I think perfectly calibrated for the perfect fire Um, you know and this kind of goes into how we cook a Franklin barbecue and you know I think I talked about it in the book it's definitely in the master class and stuff Uh, but kind of these cookers were designed to to make someone learn how to really work a fire uh, where instead of just throwing a log on and pinching the door a little bit, going to bed, it's like you really have to build a relationship with the cooker uh, because that's kind of I feel like what barbecue is. I mean, you're you know you're staring at a fire, you're really messing with the details, you're spending all this time and energy on this perfect little piece of meat, um, and I think to have a barbecue pit that you have to pay attention to, and you really have to think about the piece of wood that you put on there, what flavor you're going to get out of it, what kind of airflow, what kind of moisture all the stuff that's going on in an offset cooker. um, This cooker is really built for that. So, yeah, it's kind of like a cat's iron skill. The more you use it, the better it gets. That's kind of the the theory behind this thing.
2: Do you think as a society, there has been a trend, I don't know, over the last uh, 24 months or so to a product that completely takes that out of your hands. Now, from my perspective, uh, um, I have a, an offset on my patio when I have the time. To me, there's nothing more exciting and romantic than starting a fire from scratch, being able to maintain that fire through the cook. Plus, at the end, again, my personal opinion, a stick burner provides a flavor and a end product that is second to none. Do you think that Absolutely. people don't want to make that time investment anymore?
0: Um, I think it depends on the person. And, of course, it depends on your schedule. And, you know, if you, you know, kind of where your priorities lie, I guess. You know, I mean, there are plenty of times that I wish I could just go to bed and not stare at a fire overnight. Um, (laughs) Totally get it. And I think that's fine. But I think for for the people that really do want to just totally nail the details and really care for this thing and care for the meat and put that much love into it, it uh, it definitely fits the mold. So I, I don't know that the cooker's for everybody, um, but it's definitely for the person that that wants to spend time on it and really really have an investment with it.
2: Is there a link from the main Franklin website over to the Smoker website, or do you have something completely separate?
0: Oh, gosh, there probably is, but it's franklinbbqpits.com.
2: All right, franklinbbqpits.com, and we are talking with Aaron Franklin. He is... One of the newest members of the Barbecue Hall of Fame, that's right, for 2020, chatting right here. You can visit franklinbarbecue.com or franklinbbqpits.com to grab yourself one of those cool offsets. Aaron, always appreciate the time. Thanks so much for doing it.
0: Absolutely. Thanks for having
1: me.
2: You got it. There he is, Aaron Franklin, a Barbecue Hall of Famer right there if you need him. And it sounds like business is pretty a-okay over there. Doesn't hurt that the reputation for years and years that he is so well built and deserved is probably helping him along as well. But the term digital hospitality is becoming more and more apparent for those that are operating during this time. And you're either going to be good at it or you might want to try to be better at it, or you're going to suffer. Desiree Robinson coming up after I talk to you about the barbecue guru, creators of automatic pit temperature control technology. That's right. Shotgun Fred is the guy that created all of this goodness. Had a customer come in who had a barbecue pit. He said, hey, don't you mess around with these fans. Build me one for my barbecue pit, for crying out loud. Fred, being the engineering type and inventor and creator and problem solver that he is, said, all right, come back in a couple weeks. I'll have something for you. Lo and behold, the barbecue guru is made. Now, over the years, they've continued to innovate. Not the least of which is the last two Controls that they have coming out, the Dyna and the Ultra Q. So the DynaQ is replacing the Party So if you've had a Party in the past, you want to get the latest version that's out there, DynaQ is the one you're gonna want to take a look at. And if you want something to replace the Cyber Cloud, then these uh Ultra Q is the one. Great interfaces, a little easier to read, cool digital lights. But depending on the level of attack, what you want to spend, all that, that's going to regulate where you want to look, either the Ultra or the DynaQ. If you're also looking for a ceramic cooker, they make the Monolith. The Monolith, of course, has that built in power draft fan. So if you have a controller that you already like, just hook it up to the fan and away you go. You're off and running. Great accessories as well. Any questions, give them a call, 800 288 G U R U. Or. Shoot him uh, email over at the website, bbqguru.com. That's bbqguru.com. Bob's got also his great rubs and sauces. I tried the steak rub and Mighty Mitch's wing sauce. Both phenomenal. Wow. I'm a big steak rub guy. Very critical. And Maddie Steak Rub right on the button for me. And Mighty Mitch's wing sauce. I'm super partial to my homemade wing sauce, the Anchor Bar original recipe from No Names Please. Mighty Mitch's is right up there, I gotta say. Good job, Bob. Desiree Robinson coming up. Stick around, we'll be right back.
1: Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show.
2: And we thank Aaron Franklin again for joining us last segment. This portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com. Your number one source for quality wood pellets. Visit cookingpellets.com for more information or to purchase. You can also visit amazon.com if you would like to as well. Either way, you can buy them there. Great flavors, great other stuff too. Plus, every now and again, they attempt a podcast. They try. They really do. Hey, let's keep the Hall of Fame talk going. My next guest was also named... To the 2020 class, this past Wednesday, an exclusive reveal. It is a Memphis barbecue staple. Let's go ahead and welcome first-timer to the show and co-founder of Cozy Corner Barbecue. Racing to the hot. Oh, Oh, no, dude. Let's try that again.
3: This is Val, her daughter. All right.
2: Well, you were going to get a mention in the interview anyway, so holler to Val right now. (laughs) Last Wednesday, uh, exclusively here on this show, the class of 2020 revealed, and Desiree, obviously one of the three to get in. Uh, Obviously, this is something that I'm just not breaking out to you guys right now, so you've had time to talk about it. Uh, The conversations that you've had with her, some of her thoughts about learning, uh, getting into the Hall of Fame this year.
3: Uh, yeah, well, we've had several confer- conversations on it, and she is uh, so excited. As a matter of fact, we all are, because it's just it's, it's not something that we thought about happening for us.
2: So there's two easy follow-up questions here. Uh, number one is, did any of you have any idea that there was a Barbecue Hall of Fame that was existing out there? I did, You did? All right. Well, thank goodness. I did, yeah. Believe it or not, I've asked a lot of prominent people in the barbecue world, they have no idea that there's a Barbecue Hall of Fame that's out there. We're trying to rectify that situation. Okay, good. (laughs) Uh, Now, second question. Uh, Did Desiree know that she is actually a repeat semifinalist? Last year, she was on the semifinalist of nine names, obviously didn't get in, but this year returns as a semifinalist And ultimately clears the hurdle to get into the Hall of Fame this year. Did you know that she was a two time semifinalist?
3: That I did not know.
2: Aha! There we go. (laughs) Trivia question for you, Val. (laughs) You can uh, win five bucks at a clip if you ask it in the right place. Uh, Right. (laughs) Let me ask you something. So, you know, you've been around uh, Desiree, obviously, and uh, you know the history of the whole restaurant. When you look at Memphis, because when we talk about barbecue to anybody around this great land there are certain meccas of barbecue we have the carolinas we have texas we have memphis we have kansas city certainly there's other meccas that are trying to make themselves some of these staples but uh, memphis is certainly one of the ones that everybody talks about and wants to visit to get a piece of in your mind in your opinion what makes memphis style barbecue? Wow. Super easy question.
3: (laughs) Super easy question. Southern love would be the simplest quick answer I could give. Just Southern love, just just the way we do things. Um,
2: It's not a recipe or a rub or fuel. This is something that is coming from the soul, basically.
3: I think so, yeah. Because uh, as I have listened to and read about other areas and their barbecue style. Uh, everybody's doing, is doing their thing. Uh, some people are using, you know, bar, uh, charcoal. Some are using wood chips. Some are using combinations. Um, and then you have how long you cook it, how hot you cook it. And even here in Memphis, there are people doing different things, but I think it's just something about the South. And the, the love that we have for it and, and are putting in it. And it's not to say that the others don't have that love, don't have a love, they don't have that one. They have their love. Mm-hmm. So if, for us, I would say Southern love. Uh, North Carolina, I would say Northeastern, I mean, Eastern love for their style, but yeah. Uh,
2: Val, what's your last name? I'm sorry.
3: <laughs> and my last name is Bradley. Bradley.
2: Bradley? Yes. All right, Val Bradley joining me here on the show. CozyCornerBBQ.com, by the way, is the website if you want to check it out and you don't know anything about it, uh, which you're probably living under a rock, but go ahead and check it out anyway. Val, the story (laughs) of thinking about opening a restaurant back in 1977, so 43 years ago or so, give or take, isn't unlike a lot of stories that you hear about today, which is someone in the house can cook really well, Friends and family encourage right. that person to open a restaurant so they do it. And I can tell you one thing uh-huh. about uh, how many times I have heard the same thing through my years of cooking barbecue here in the backyard. Oh, Greg, you, these are so good. You should go open a restaurant. I've never thought once that I would take the risk and open up a restaurant, not just because I'm in Cleveland and not a traditional barbecue area, but do you know uh-huh. or or did has Desiree ever recounted to you the stories that her and Raymond had as they were leading up to making a decision to starting Cozy Corner.
3: Well, first of all, from I think it's nineteen sixty no nineteen fifty six no late fifties maybe remember fifty eight I think fifty eight to nineteen sixty six or so they lived in Denver, and I know that at that point Dad started tweaking sauces. And he opened a restaurant in Denver called Ray's Barbecue
1: hmm. uh,
3: once he got it where he liked it and to see how it would go. And then we moved back to Memphis, and uh, he went to work, and I think he just finally decided, I think I'm going to go ahead and do this, because he was basically doing it at home because people were ordering things, and he was cooking it at home hmm. and getting it to them. So yep. he finally went ahead and, and found a place, this place, because we've been in the same place the whole time. Wow. And uh, opened it up, and he and mom decided that uh, one of them would have to one would go to work and get a job and the other one would run the business. So she said she wanted to get a job so you know to keep the house going and everything going and he came in work the business.
2: Are there any ties back to the Chicago land area because the thing that is most unique to me when I watch videos and and do some research on Cozy Corner. Is there's an aquarium smoker in that place uh, right. that is that typically smacks of the Chicagoland area and how they use it. Any reason that that particular smoker is there?
3: There was a man here, and I want to say his name was Joe Arc- Arc- Katie or something like that, who made the, the pits here.
1: Hmm.
3: And as far as I know, he made a pit that went that, that is now in Chicago. I'm just not sure because that's been so long ago. Um, that pit was in the building here. As a matter of fact, it was one of the reasons Daddy selected this place. Mm. It was because of the because the pit was here. So that's how that got started. And my dad could figure out how to. I mean, he can cook in a hole in the ground or whatever because he was just that type of person. So he it was the pit was in the building, and that's one of the reasons he picked it.
2: Val, the thing that I hear over and over again, certainly the traditional barbecue stuff is legend and everybody loves it, but people bring up this Cornish game hen, which typically you don't (laughs) see on a barbecue restaurant menu. Where did that evolve from? My dad. Hmm. He's just a fan of game
3: hens? (laughs) I think he and mom just were, because I'm pretty sure he did them at home, uh, just like he did did turkeys, because we do whole turkeys. Thanksgiving and Christmas. Well, we actually would do them all year long, but we have a longer list, Thanksgiving and Christmas. Um, And I think he just used used that as an alternative to like the chicken, to something different.
2: We're talking with Val Bradley here on the show, CozyCornerBBQ.com, the website. And this is Desiree Robinson's daughter, who was uh, just inducted in the 2020 Barbecue Hall of Fame. So this is a family business, obviously. I mean, we're through. Uh, I mean, are we at, at four generations now uh, that are well, involved yeah, in the website? The fourth
3: or? generation is a little young, but uh, they, when they're here, they some of the, the older ones can can do some things around here. But yeah, it's four generations.
2: Do we see a time where somebody in the family is not going to have an interest, or has? Is there always somebody coming up? that is in the restaurant, that likes the food, that ha- is bitten by the bug or, or has the love and the passion that will continue this on for you know decades and decades down the road?
3: Well, that's certainly an option that's left up to them. It's here, it's available if this is what you want to do because you need to, if, you, if you're going to be in this business, you need to want to do it
1: mm.
3: or you, it's going to be hard to do. Uh, my son came along when he finished college uh, and uh, he came in. and He's now pretty much running it all. Um, when I finished college, I came back, and I worked for a little while with AT&T and worked here, and then I let AT&T go completely and came on in. And then my two daughters, they they support us. Uh, my oldest daughter is in education, but she does the banana puddings that we sell. Mm. And any other thing that she can do to help, she does. And then my youngest daughter as well, she worked here for a while, but she's she 's going into nursing now, so um, because that's what you know we don 't want to just smother what your natural incline is everybody's natural incline is not this, so you don 't need to be here i mean you i mean you know you don't need to for that to be your life work because you know it's going to make your life hard if you 're doing something you don 't enjoy
2: do any of them express a uh... Conversation to you about feeling a pressure where they have to get into it or not so much.
3: No, that's not an option because we we don't. The only the only requirement we have with our children is you get your education,
1: hmm.
3: and you decide where you're going to go. Now you're not going to come in here and work, and you're not getting your education or have gotten it. You have to get a college degree. Uh, I've got my my nephew is now. He's He'll be finished, I think, in December. He's getting his degree hmm. fine, and he's working while he's getting his degree. But that's the only requirement you get as far as that's concerned. If you want to come in, fine. If you don't, as long as you're taking care of yourself,
2: right. we're good. What's the key to making a dynamite banana pudding?
3: Uh, again, there's the love. <laughs> And a good recipe. I
2: can't get the love at and the that, store, Val. I mean I need some help over well, I'm here sure for
3: trying to <laughs> sure you can't. And I I know there are people who say, Well, I know how you do this and, and you you may well know, but my that recipe my dad passed down. Oh. You know, see my daughter has that and she does it. Well And I don't even I mean make it so
2: She's got the secret, uh, and obviously it's uh, it. going over very well, so continued uh, success to her making a great banana. It's my favorite thing. I, I mean, I love barbecue meat and stuff, but in the in the end, my measure of a great barbecue restaurant is how good is the banana pudding at the end because that's a, a real <laughs> capper for me. So uh, we're talking with Val Bradley uh, and uh, her mom, Desiree Robinson, just inducted here into the Barbecue Hall of Fame, part of the class of 2020, and Val, I really appreciate you Stepping in here and uh, answering all these questions tonight as you're closing it up. Continued success, and hopefully, we can talk again soon. All right.
3: Thank you so much. And I'm sorry about the mistake. I I just wasn't thinking.
2: Not a problem. I appreciate it. There she is. All right. Thank you. Val Bradley, who is the daughter of Barbecue Hall of Famer Desiree Robinson, right there. Oh, I hate the green screen. Right there. There you go. So if you were tuning in, or Desiree, I'm sorry. Uh-oh. Time zones. You know that's weird. Memphis, Tennessee, is that a is that Central Time? Does Tennessee split time zones? Because I think I've been I've talked to other people that are in Eastern. I don't know. Can somebody email that to me? Because I don't have any other chat. You know, the, the, the only downside of not going to Facebook is or not going to YouTube. YouTube had a very nice chat that I could pop out and just kind of stick on the side of one of my screens. Facebook doesn't. I mean, you got to have the whole thing up and running. Oh, it's such a pain. So if you know anything about time zones in Tennessee, mucho appreciate but Val steps in, goes yard with that interview. Great way to step in, unannounced. Green Mountain Grills. You know them, you love them. They're pellet cookers, some of the best ones out there today. Two different lines to choose from. A Choice line, so if you don't need all that wacky tech like Wi Fi and internal meat probes and you want to save some money, Choice line is what I got two Choice lines on my patio right now. I got a Prime cooker in my garage breaking news coming up in the second hour so stay tuned for that as it relates to the compound but I do have a prime line that's waiting to be put together that has a pizza oven insert by the way now prime a little better built or let's say more robust on the chassis I love saying robust whenever I can two internal meat probes you got the Wi-Fi technology there you got app integration on your smart device you also have peeking windows on the main cooking chamber and the pellet hopper you have the little crank adjustment to pull the fire deflector left and right if you want. It's got the vacuum suck out. Memphis's central time, by the way. Confirmed. So go to GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. Check out everything that they have. Like pits and spits, they also sell through a dealer network. And the key to that is you can show up to the dealer, check out the inventory that they have, listen to them educate you on how you can properly use it. And the benefit of that is once you decide which model and version you want to get, like prime and then the size, you get it home, you're well-educated, you put it right to use. It's success right out of the box. No buyer's remorse. No, oh, I don't know how to, I'm going to take it back. They've taken care of all that right at the top. Plus you call for support, you get all the accessories you want. Again, Pete's oven insert for the Jim Bowie or the Daniel Boone is a must. If you're looking for something a little bit more travel-friendly, Davy Crockett's the one you're going to want to use. If you don't have access to a traditional power outlet, you can just plug it right in to the 12-volt adapter in your car. Right in a rock. Or take a car battery. They come with the clips, too. GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. We're back to wrap up the first hour. Stick around. We'll be right back.
1: ...continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey.
2: Hey now, this portion of the show is being brought to you by Fireboard. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring or connect via Bluetooth. If you have Alexa or the Google Assistant in your house, you're in luck because Fireboard is fully integrated with both. And don't forget, as announced on this show last week, Fireboard 2 is out! Big-ass LCD display. You got the graph if you want. You have big numbers if you want. And really, for all the additional FABs that you get with Fireboard 2 or Fireboard 2 Drive. I think it was like 220 bucks or less. Still six channels. I have yet to put it to the max, but my brother-in-law, John, is a huge Fireboard honk ever since I turned him onto it. He bought all of the probes. When he fires up his cooker, he sticks them all over the place. I'm like, John, which one is the meat? He's like, oh, hot spot over here, cold spot over here. Like, just stick in the internal meat probe. Don't worry about taking five other ambient temperatures of the pit. You're going to drive yourself nuts. But he can because it's got six channels. Fireboard. Thanks again to Val Bradley, the daughter of Desiree Robinson. She's into the Barbecue Hall of Fame, along with other first-hour guest, Aaron Franklin. Now that I'm thinking about it, would it have been both crazy and badass if Stacy Franklin would have answered Aaron's phone? And been like, oh, time zone adjustment. He forgot, but I'm going to step in and do this interview. Maybe that would have been really cool, too. Val knocks it out of the park for stepping in. Totally unannounced, too. If that were me, I'd be like, damn. I'm not doing this interview. Call back next week. I'm glad she did it. Got some great insight. Got some great stories. Education in that family is paramount. I don't know if you picked up on that or not. We're heading to the second hour. Stick around. Be right back.